Ooh, guys, buckle up. I've got a treat for you today. I get a little bit emotional at the very end. There are definitely some tears. There's prayer. But most importantly, there is scripture as we tackle the question, should you go to the baby shower? You just got invited. You're navigating infertility. You're trying to conceive. And ugh, your heart feels heavy. Let's dive into that today. Should you go or should you stay home? Hey friends, welcome to the Waiting Well podcast. I am your host, Courtney Dunker, and you are here because your journey to motherhood has not looked the way that you always imagined. It has held heartbreak, loneliness, and questions like, why me, God? I'm here to remind you that you do not have to walk this road alone. And here we can wait well together. Each week, I will share faith-based encouragement from my own infertility journey, provide information from guest experts on navigating infertility and conceiving, powerful testimonies, and top tips on stewarding your health and emotional well-being through this demanding journey. So if you are ready to take back control of your life, find peace with God, join the in-between spaces, and thrive in your waiting season, then meet me at the well, girl. Grab that warm chocolate chip cookie, a little bit of unicorn juice or iced coffee. We've got some intentional growth to do. Let's get it. So the question is, should you go to the baby shower that you just got invited to when you are currently trying to conceive? Or maybe you just got your period the same day that you got this invite to the baby shower and it just triggered you. Maybe you are going through fertility treatments right now, something just failed and you just feel totally discouraged and your friend is expecting and they invited you to the baby shower. What do you do? How do you navigate this? Should you go to the baby shower? So I will never forget. I actually was living overseas at the time. I think we were about two years into our trying to conceive journey and I was getting together with five girlfriends. So there were six of us total. This was like a business retreat, women that I was super, super close to. And we were all coming together in San Diego. Unbeknownst to me, as well as all of them, three of them came with the news that they were now expecting their first child. I was shocked. It kind of came out like out of left field because the three that announced that they were pregnant didn't know that each other was pregnant and they were going to tell us all in person together thinking they were the only one bringing the news to the table but obviously it was the majority of them were pregnant all got pregnant around the same time all expecting at the same time and what I was looking forward to on this trip was just connecting on a deeper level just having community around um, you know for me I had been living overseas and going through our infertility journey so it was just something I was really looking forward to to have that time together quickly turned into a weekend of celebrating their pregnancies as well as them just taking pictures together and talking about all the pregnancy things, all of the things they were experiencing, the symptoms, things they were looking forward to in the future, becoming moms. And I just remember immediately having to mask my feelings and my just my heart sinking because I was in the middle of a battle. I didn't know if that was ever going to be me and I didn't know if I would ever get to experience that joy or be able to join in and feel connected connected with other women on this journey of motherhood. And it was just really discouraging because of course you're hearing the stories of, you know, we tried the first time we got pregnant or like he looked at me and got pregnant, all the things. And it just can be super difficult to navigate those waters. So today we're going to dive into the Bible. We're going to dive into scripture. We're going to talk about what it means to be a friend to people who are expecting when you are going through the opposite and you are navigating pain, you're navigating trauma, you're navigating heartache within the same realm both have this desire to become moms and God is opening and giving a yes to one of you 
and giving an O to the other. So how do we do that? I think where we need to start is defining what the Bible says a friend should be. So there are two verses that or chapters that come to mind. The first is going to be John 15, 9 through 17. It says, as the father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything I learned from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you may go and bear fruit, fruit that will last so that whenever you ask in my name, ask the father will give to you. This is my command, love each other. And then in Romans 12, 10, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. Wow, I just love that God is so intentional to equip us with his word that gives us exactly direction on how we are to show up in these different areas of our life. Because this is our this is essentially our definition of friendship if we are following Jesus. So let's kind of dive deeper into this and unpack this a little bit. I wanna kind of compare worldly culture and friendship and what that preaches versus what Jesus culture says and what he is preaching here in this chapter. So in worldly culture, we see a very big emphasis on self-care, self-focus, what is good for the self. The emphasis is all about you. What are your feelings? What are your thoughts? Making decisions based off of looking inward at the person, the individual, and self. Now, in Jesus culture, what we just read in that scripture is that Jesus's focus on friendship is about God-reliant love. It is about love that is not earth. It is about love that is not always returned. It is about selfless love that says, you know, I'm going to show up for you. I'm going to lay down my life. Like those are big words. And obviously Jesus lived that out in a very tangible way. He literally sacrificed and gave his personal life for us. So that's our definition on our litmus test, kind of like our foundation of where our friendship and the definition of friendship should be. When you are asked or shared the news that someone in your close circle is expecting, and it's hard because it just hits this very sore wound in your life, we have to come back to what God's word says. It says, love each other as I have loved you. Okay, so Jesus is my definition of friendship. How did Jesus love people? How did he show up as a friend? Well, I think in last episode, we talked about how Jesus showed up for Judas and he cleaned his feet at the Passover dinner like he cleaned everybody else's feet. That's friendship. That's an example of his friendship for Judas, even though he had the foreknowledge that Judas was going to betray him the next day. He still chose to show up for him and love him and serve him. He laid down his life even for him. And then it also says that when we show up and we love others as Jesus loved us, it is loving in a way that is not earned. God does not require us to show up and earn the love that he has freely given us through Jesus Christ. So when we love other people, we can't have expectations or conditions for how to get our love. Like, oh, I'll only love or I'll only show up for you or I'll only be this kind of friend if you do X, Y, and Z for me. Instead, Jesus's friendship and his love says it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you've chosen or your past or your actions or your words. It matters what I've done. And my love for you is 
full of grace, full of forgiveness, full of selflessness. It is about you. It is about the other person. That's Jesus's friendship. And so right here, the definition between worldly culture friendship and Jesus culture friendship, we are seeing the war between the flesh and the spirit. The flesh says, focus on you. Your feelings matter the most. Whereas the spirit says, focus on them. Their feelings matter the most. And this is <laughs> this is really not what we want to hear when we are navigating infertility, when we are navigating our conceiving journey. And when we receive the baby shower invite, we just got our period or whatnot. And we're just like, I just cannot, right? Like we are a culture that's like cancel culture. It's, we don't have coping skills. We don't have the emotional maturity to be others focused because we have created a worldly culture that is self-focused. And I just, I feel like this is such a powerful opportunity to live out the gospel, to truly show that we do follow Jesus, that that means that we are different than those around us. Every single person would probably say you don't have to go to the baby shower because your feelings matter and this is too hard for you. But Jesus is saying, well, at the end of the day, I asked you to lay down your life like I've laid down my life for you. I asked you to love each other with brotherly affection, showing honor to each other. If you choose not to go, are you loving that person? If you choose not to go, are you honoring that person? Or if you choose not to go, are you honoring yourself? Are you loving yourself first and foremost? Because the two are different. So your flesh, yes, everything in you is going to cry out that you matter most, that your feelings are the most important to consider, and that you don't have the capacity to go to something like that because it's just too hard. That is your flesh. Your spirit says, which is God's spirit in you, because Jesus said, when I leave this world, I leave behind my helper, which is God's spirit. The Holy Spirit is within you. You do not have to do this life alone. I am not leaving you without help. You have God's spirit in you. And the spirit is saying, you can do this because you're relying on me. You can do this. You can show up to that as hard as it may be. Yes, it will be hard. Yes, you'll have to put on a brave face. You might even have to step out, go to the bathroom for a second and shed a few tears. But you showing up for this person is you showing a display of my love. And that's what I've called you to do. I have called you to honor each other. So show honor to this friend who's in a different season than you. Show honor to this person because it's not their fault that you currently are going through what you're going through. They had nothing to do with this. So making a decision and not honoring them in the moment of their victory and their winning season is really just robbing the kingdom of unity and it's robbing the kingdom of us showing up to look like Jesus in a world that does not look like Jesus. And that is, that's that battle. That's the war that's at war in us. It's the flesh versus the spirit. And every opportunity where we do get invited to baby showers or celebrations for things that we currently are not receiving ourselves is an opportunity to engage in the war. We choose flesh or spirit. What has most control over you? And I know that that's not what we want to hear <laughs> because I was not perfect at this. There were definitely times where I just felt like I didn't have a choice. I had to focus on myself. But that was because I was relying on my own strength, my own emotional capacity to get through the hard thing that I, the circumstances that I was facing. At the end of the day, it's not my power. I will never have enough power or enough control or enough emotional stability to get through circumstances like that where I show up and support somebody else with selflessness in me. I will never be able to do that. I don't have that. I fall short in that category because I am a human. But because I have God's spirit in me, I'm not left to do this on my own 
own. I actually can love people without them earning it. I actually can love without getting anything in return. I actually can be selfless in my love to outdo other people in brotherly love to show them honor. I can actually do that because I have been given power through the Holy Spirit. I can live God-reliant instead of self-reliant. The self will always fall short. No matter how much personal growth you do, no matter how much self-development you do, you will never be able to outwork God's power in you. So choosing to operate in your own power, it will never be enough. That's why you feel like you can't do it. But choosing to operate in the spirit that's been given to you through the blood of Jesus Christ, that's when you can do it. And you will always have greater capacity, higher capacity than you even feel like you do have. You will always have more because it's all done through God's power, which is endless. There is no, it's like the limit does not exist, right? For Mean Girls, it's like the limit does not exist when it comes to God's power. And that's what's living and coursing through you. When you choose to engage with this, the war and you say, okay, I'm choosing the spirit, not the flesh. That's what's showing up behind you. When you choose the flesh, yeah, you're not going to feel like you can do it because you're operating out of that flesh. That is just so powerful. So how do we live this out? You're like, okay, that's great, Courtney. I see the difference. I see what it says in the Bible here. I see that it, I should show love with brotherly affection. I see that it says greater love has no one other than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. And that is our foundation for friendship in Jesus culture. I see that, but I still have these feelings. What do I do with these feelings? How do I live out that friendship for other people when I feel like I am just sinking in these emotions? So here is how. Number one, remain in him. You cannot bear fruit without staying connected to the vine. That's what God's word says right there in that scripture. It literally says you have to stay connected to the vine because that's where you're going to bear fruit. So the selflessness that you want to bear by going to the baby shower and putting on a brave and excited face to celebrate that person, that is only going to come if you are rooted in the vine. What does that mean? You are spending time in God's word. You are spending time in prayer at his feet. You are spending time with God, the source of your life, the source of your power. It's almost like a battery or like charging something in, like we charge our phones in every single night. Your phone cannot work unless you spend time plugging it in every night. Like I plug my phone in every night. I don't know if you guys do, but right when I go to bed and plug my phone in because it's out of juice for the day and for it to work well the next day, I need it to charge the battery. It is the same thing for us on a spiritual level. We cannot win the battle between flesh and spirit unless our spirit is being literally charged and the charge comes from the presence of God. So however you're going to spend time in the presence of God, throwing on worship music, getting quiet in your prayer closet, spending time in God's word, doing your daily devotional, you have to charge your battery to be able to have the power to do the functions that it does. Your Apple phone is not going to do all these cool function and features if it doesn't have battery. It shuts off completely. That's the same concept when it comes to spending time with God's word. You cannot do the things that you feel like you can't do without your battery being full. So you cannot show up at the baby shower with joy, with peace about someone else's circumstances to celebrate them when your battery is on empty. So leading up to that event, you have to be rooted in him. The second thing is to be in prayer. After Jesus talked about this passage in John, he went away and he prayed. He prayed for us. He prayed for himself. He prayed for God's will to be glorified in him. He got quiet, got alone, and he went to his source and he prayed. That is an example of how we live out the friendship that he's calling us to. You have to be in communication with God. You have to be asking for that help. Ask and you shall receive is what he's saying. And third and finally, asking these questions, what would my actions reflect? My choice here 
in choosing to show up for a friend who's going through something that actually it just hurts to celebrate them because I am not having that thing in my life. What do my actions reflect? Does it reflect myself as the most important? Does it reflect them as the most important? God's word is very clear what friendship should look like, how we should demonstrate it, and what extent we should go to love those around us. And it doesn't say only when you feel capable. It doesn't have comma after it that says if your conditions are ideal, when you feel your best, okay, then you should lay down your life for someone else. It says period, lay down your life, outdo each other, show honor. There is no conditions attached to that. We are adding the conditions like, well, because I'm in these circumstances, then it's okay. We justify why it's okay to focus on ourselves. But the Bible doesn't say those things. It doesn't justify. It says, follow me, period. And this is what it looks like to follow me. So I ask these questions. What do my actions reflect? Love for myself is most important or love for this person is most important. How would I want them to show up for me if the roles were reversed? Our role in this world is to display his character, to give him glory. So if we withhold that when we have an opportunity to give him glory, we're not living out our calling as followers of Christ. And finally, the last question I would ask myself is, do I love God more than I love myself? Because at the end of the day, anything that God is asking me to do, he's asking me to love him. He's not asking me to love others as the end result. So when he tells me to lay down my life for somebody else, to outdo a friend, to honor them, to show up to their baby showers with joy and peace, even though my circumstances cause me pain and it's difficult because I wonder the whole time, am I ever going to be able to be the one receiving the baby shower? I have to ask myself, do I love God the most or do I love myself the most? Because if I'm choosing to love God the most, it means that I do love others first over myself. And that's a concept I feel like I will never perfect. I'm always growing in. We can be in pain in our circumstances and feel those emotions while also equally showing up to love God and showing up to love others. It doesn't have to be because I'm in pain, I can't show up for others. It can be I am in pain and I'm going to show up for others. Learning to cope with our emotions is really going to be through that process I just shared of remaining in him, praying and asking those questions. Am I loving God more than I'm loving myself? But our pain is a tool that the enemy wants to use to get us to choose our flesh and not choose our spirit. And it's our choice to fight that war. It's our choice. God has given us the tools that we need, the weapons to fight that war between the flesh and the spirit. He's given us access to his word, which is sharper than any two-edged sword. He has given us access to him, direct access to him to come and ask whatever we need. Lord, give me the courage to go to the shower. Give me the joy to celebrate this person. Give me the peace to put aside how I feel so that I can be all present for this friend. And he's also giving us his Holy Spirit who's living and at work in us. Lord, allow your spirit to flow in me. Allow me to access the power that you have given me to show up in the capacity that I feel like I cannot show up in because of my emotions. Lord, heal me as I'm showing up for other people. And Lord, ultimately at the end of the day, please, God, allow me to be the one who gets to experience that baby shower one day. But if not, you are still good. If not, I still follow you. If not, I still want to be the friend that says, I love my God more than I love myself. And sometimes that makes me like emotional because Jesus died for me. Died. Like not just like, oh, here, Courtney, like have my food. I'm hungry, but you're hungry too. 
here's my food. Like, no, he literally gave his life for me. I, I don't know one friend except for Josh, probably. And that might be questionable depending on the day. <laughs> but I don't know one friend in this world who would die for me. Not one. I have incredible dear friends. I love my dear friends, but there's not many people that I would lay, my, lay down my life for either. But Jesus was that friend for me. He said that you are dirty, you have sin, that you have guilt, you have shame on your hands. Without you earning my love, I'm giving it to you. Without you earning forgiveness, I'm pouring it out onto you. Without you earning my sacrifice, I'm going to step up to the plate here for you and I'm going to give you everything I have, my life, my connection to God the Father. I'm going to lay it all down for you. That is my love for you. I'm not asking you to be perfect, but I'm asking you and I'm telling you, you have every inheritance that I have received. You have access to every power that I have access to. You are capable of being that friend for somebody else in this world. And when you choose to be that friend, you love me back. When you choose to be that friend, you honor the sacrifice I've made for you. When you choose to be that friend, I am so pleased. At the end of the day, I never want my pain to consume me so much or my selfish desires to want to be a mom to consume me so much that I can't love him, that I can't love others. I was put on this earth to bring glory to my God who created me and gave his life for me. It's the least I can do to fight the battle between the, my flesh and the spirit. It's the least I can do to show up for other people, to say that even when I'm suffering, I will sacrifice. Even when I don't feel love, sometimes you question, God, do you love me? Because I don't feel it right now. I don't feel it in this moment when I am going through right now. I don't feel your love. Why are you withholding this good thing from me? I don't feel it. When I don't feel your love, I know you love me because you told me that you loved me. You showed me that you loved me and you don't have to do one more thing for me to know that your love is for me. So even when I don't quote unquote feel it because we can magnify emotions to a different level in this worldly culture, even when I don't, I'm gonna show up and I'm gonna give what I have. I'm gonna love other people. I'm gonna lay down my life as I follow you. This is the emotional answer, the emotional truth the biblical foundation of friendship. So should you go to that baby shower? That's how you love people in your life when you are not experiencing the same blessings that they're experiencing. You remain in him, you pray, and you ask, am I truly loving you, God, more than I love myself? When you do those three things, you are going to be able to have the most capacity to show up and love other people, even when you're in pain and suffering. I hope this is what is encouraging to you guys. Obviously, got a little bit emotional there, but I truly just, oh, the Lord's love for us is so beautiful and it's so real, the pain that we go through when other people are experiencing. And you're, you know, for me, it was year six in my fertility journey. And I just kept asking God, like, when is it going to be my turn? When is it going to be my turn? And it's so hard to show up for other people when you don't know if you'll ever get a turn. And God's like, just love me and follow me, even if I never answer that prayer that you are desperately seeking me for. So God, I just pray that whoever's listening right now, Lord, that you would just fill them up with your Holy Spirit, that you would reveal your love to them, that they would just break down 
and the emotion of your love, your overwhelming love for them, because it is the purest love that we could ever experience, God. It's the love that you gave us through your son, Jesus Christ. What he did for us on the cross, being separated from you, raising again in three days, Lord, to give us the inheritance. I pray that they would feel that today. I pray that the next baby shower that they get invited to, they would go with joy and peace because their circumstances are not attached to their ability to love other people. And Lord, I pray that you would protect their heart and their minds in this culture that says it's all about you, self. I pray that they would turn their eyes up and say, no, it's all about you, God. It's not about me. It was never about me and it's not about to be about me. I'm going to win this battle between the war and the spirit because I have every weapon I need to to win it on a daily basis. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I am so glad that you chose to meet me at the well today. If this episode inspired you, changed you, or blessed you in some way, I would love for you to do one of two things. First, head to Apple Podcasts at that link below and leave a review. And second, screenshot this episode and share it in your stories, tagging me at Sewn With Strength or text it on over to a friend that this episode might bless. These are the number one ways to thank me. I am truly so grateful to be building out this community and I cannot wait to see you on the next episode. Until then, go get a workout done for me and I will see you right back here at the Waiting Well Podcast.